0: It is good to be with you today. It is good to be outside, to be—I I love the outdoors here. And just—I mean, I, it just seems like God so many times just sort of smiles down on us with the sunshine in between. I guess there's more rain coming later this afternoon, and last night there was rain. But right now, we've got sunshine and a nice, cool breeze, and it's just really wonderful. And it's just really uh, an exciting time. Today's, uh, again, Pentecost Sunday— and, you know, it's something for us to really take a, a second and to pause on and to focus on, um, because it's it's really uh, something that didn't just happen a long time ago. It's something that we still live today and live in today as, as a, a benefit, really, as the church today. So it's something that I, th- I believe it's very important for us. Um, you know, last night I was at a wedding. Uh, I, I officiated a wedding. And I had a reception, and I I see Tom, the rock chain in the back there uh, and the family, they made it. So that's, that's great uh, to have all of you. And boy, I hope there's video, Tom. I love you. Uh, sorry guys. It's, it's not, a, it's an inside joke kind of, but hopefully we're going to really try to broadcast this brought, you know, real live. Is that okay? Unless you want to come up anyway, I'll just say the, the toast and the, the dad and daughter father daughter dance was quite memorable. Um, and Tom really rocked it. And you know, uh, I hear all the time, and maybe you've grown up with this, or maybe if you have kids, you say this phrase often, but the phrase is, there's a time and a place, right? There's a time and a place for everything. I I often say this to my children. There's a time and a place. I'm going to share a story about one of my sons. I may name him, but they're gone right now, so I could. uh, But I'll keep him anonymous, but you've got a choice of pretty much three because the other one, it doesn't apply to yet. You'll figure that out. But while we were in, in the Middle East... Um, you know, we would go out and one of the places we like to go to was a zoo. Right. And at the zoo there, you know, it was it was interesting. Uh, but we were there with a big group of people. And again, it's it's the Middle Eastern culture. You know, it's it's a little more conservative, proper, that kind of thing. And uh, there was this big kind of like this. It was a big grass field. Right. Like this less trees. And it was just this wide open kind of park area. But it was very empty that day, that, that that area was, not the zoo. There was a lot of people, but the, the center was open. And uh, I remember, I'm going to kind of start narrowing it down here. It was uh, my two older sons uh, were out in that field playing, right? And we're sitting there, we're kind of with our friends talking. And I don't remember if I saw Leanna's face first or whatever, um, but we turned. And one of my sons, the older two, one of them is a very free spirit, free bird, right? And he he had to go. He had to go number one. And so, you know, instead of – and he was not super young, but instead of, you know, kind of moving or coming to us and stuff, he thought, you know, hey, there's a lot of green grass here and a lot of space. And he was confident enough in himself, I guess. And so he just, you know, dropped his pants. And we're all – it's like, you know, the movies where you see people like the slow motion, like, no, and he – And there goes the golden fountains uh, for everyone to see. And, you know, we're running. Leanna took off. I don't think I've ever seen her run so fast, you know, and like kind of scoops him up. And, yeah, it was it's safe to say that that wasn't the time or the place uh, is my point uh, in saying that and sharing that story. Uh, He was a little off, you know, the the event needed to happen, but the place probably not quite right. The time, maybe a little few minutes later, once he got into a, a bathroom somewhere. And so, you know, there's, there's a time and a place for everything, and, you know, when we look at the church and kind of throughout the year and, and the different um, kind of markers and important uh, uh, things that we celebrate, you know, we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Easter— um, those are two big ones. But really Pentecost Sunday is, is is right up there, right? I mean it should be. And you know, we don't have near I don't think the, the pomp and circumstance, if you will, for Pentecost Sunday. But it is it is critical and crucial to us as, as believers and to the church even today. Um, you know, it it comes from a very familiar passage in the Bible and and the book of Acts. And if you recall, last year we went through the first seven chapters of Acts, and we're actually going to be jumping back into that probably in a couple weeks here um, and continuing on for another good bit uh, through the book of Acts. And probably over the course of a a few years, uh, we'll finish the book of Acts, but we're going to do another chunk here in a few weeks. But uh, in Acts 2, chapter 1, and when you read it in the King James Version, it talks about the disciples being in the upper room, and it says two very key things. It says they were first in one accord, you know, and then it also says that they were in one place. So they were gathered together in agreement, and they were in this room, and it is, it is again, they, it, is, it is right after Jesus had left, and Jesus had told them to wait before you do anything until the Comforter has come, to the Holy Spirit, the Promised One, had come. And, and so they're, they're doing that, they're following those instructions, but, uh, and then, as we know, most of us have read, the, the Holy Spirit shows up on the scene in a very real and powerful way, and we're going to uh, jump into that here and read that from the Scripture in just a moment. But just to kind of give a little more uh, preface on this, uh, we, we, we really can't forget, we shouldn't forget that the day of Pentecost, which simply means the 50th day, right, the Penta, it's 50th day, was already in existence in the Jewish culture, right? And that's something that's key. That's something that's so important. And with so many things that happen, you know, whenever Jesus did things, it was so uh, amazing how it all synced together. It was a fulfillment. He was the fulfillment of the promises. And so, you know, again, this was already happening. This was already an event, but now here comes the Holy Spirit and infuses Himself into this this moment and becomes the fulfillment of what had been promised. And so, again, uh, this this event, this in the Jewish calendar, would take place annually. Um, and it, it meant every seven Sabbaths plus a day, which that's where we would get the 50, seven times seven plus 50, or I mean plus one, it gives you the 50. And it would be after the celebration of Passover. And so, you know, who had paid the price, who had shed his blood for the Passover? Jesus had shed his blood. And so again, it's, it, it all falls into place. It's all in sync as it should. And, and on this day, two, two wave loaves, they're called, w- were to be offered from out of the grain harvest as first fruits to the Lord, according to, to Leviticus, the Levitical law. And it was also known as the Feast of Weeks. And so again, it wasn't something new, but something new was infused by the Holy Spirit showing up and, and empowering the disciples. And so in the Jewish tradition and practice, Pentecost came to represent the, the giving of the law of Mount on the Mount of sorry, on the law of the law at Mount Sinai. Right, when Moses came down and, and had the law there, and so that's what they uh, remembered. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 2, and, I, and we're going to ho- go ahead and read this passage today as we talk about uh, the Pentecost. And uh, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 13. I'll be reading from the ESV this morning. And it says this, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, or one accord, based on the translation. Uh, verse 2, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they, all, uh, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews, proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own language the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocked, or others mocking, said they were filled with new wine. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for uh, this beautiful day that you've given to us. God, we thank you for this time that we have to to look at your word. God, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive what you would have for us, that you would speak to us. God, I thank you for every person sitting here, um, Lord, out out in this lawn today, in this place. I thank you for those that are joining us online, that you would truly minister to them as well. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for uh, this day that we have to to remember and to celebrate uh, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to dwell with us, and we are grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so two things here I, I want to begin with, because uh, a lot of the focus typically, and, and if you go back and you want to hear more about this, the topic of, of tongues and things like that, that's, that's what a lot of people focus on here. And last year when we were going through this, I unpacked it a lot more, and you're welcome to go take a look at that. So I just want to touch briefly on that and then kind of unpack a few other things. Um, and so we see here two, two types of tongues, tongues of fire, it says, and, and then the speaking in tongues. And in verse 3, where it talks about uh, the tongues of fire, it says, And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Um, again, you know, if you look at the, the pictures or artist depictions of the day of Pentecost, you usually see something like a flame above their head, right? Or you see something kind of that looks like a tongue of fire, as it's called, uh, resting on them. and and or, or even fire just kind of entering the home, because, you know, when— when we think about what God does and when God does something amazing like this, um, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want the responsibility to try to snapshot that (laughs) it's, it's hard because you're dealing with supernatural things, right? You're dealing with the supernatural and something amazing that's happening. And to try to put that uh, not just in, in your own mind, but actually to depict it (laughs) is, is very difficult to do. You know, if if you've ever even you know if you've been to some uh, beautiful place, you know whether it's the Rocky Mountains or some beautiful scenic place, and even if you take a picture, we always say it doesn't do it justice, right? Because even though you have this picture, this image of what it was, there was something about being there and you taking it all in and just the the expanse of this this thing, whatever you were beholding, um, it's just too much to try to. You know, cram into some little picture that you're trying to show someone. And so the same is really with the things of God. And here again, there's this, this event that takes place and it's being described in such a way, you know, as best as it can to, for us to understand. And so, but we see this and we see these things called tongues of fire in, in one capacity, shape, or form. We also see in verse four, uh, speaking in tongues. And in this instance, they, they were speaking in foreign earthly languages. Now, again, there's, there's other times in the Bible that talks about things like heavenly language and, and other, other ways that people speak in tongues, but uh, with an interpretation. But in this case, it was languages of this earth. And again, people outside, they're hearing their language from, from, their, from all around the, the region, and they were just shocked and baffled at how they were hearing this. Because these these people they were not from their region, and so they shouldn't have known their language in the way that they did. Um, but both cases, though, both the the tongues of fire and the speaking in tongues are the same term. That word "tongue" is 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 the word "glosa," and the basic term, and that, that's the basic term for a, a body part or a language tongue. Okay, so the word "tongue" that's translated there it's the same term for both of those things, and. You know the words, again that they were speaking uh, came from these new tongues of fire. It was coming as a result of the Holy Spirit, and they found themselves doing what? They were confessing the wonderful works of God. and And so I think it's very important for us to catch that in this moment as we're talking about this that you know the result from what was happening was to bring glory to God was to 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 magnify and to to shine the spotlight if you will on God and and especially in this time where again they're not changing you know the Jews that were present it's it's the continuation but to again to validate everything that was happening um, there were these these signs and these wonders and these miracles, and so again, just something really amazing was happening. And so, you know, despite this dramatic appearance of the tongues of fire, uh, some people in attendance at the the miracle still did not believe. Now, if you've been around for a minute, and you know, maybe you've witnessed a miracle of some kind or another, um, it's it's still today, it's the same, isn't it? It's, and I don't want you to capture this because we touch on this from time to time, but it's important for us to remember here were people literally seeing, first they heard, they, you know they heard there was a sound like thunder, you know, this, as this fire entered. I can't imagine what it sounded like or looked like. Then they're hearing these, these people that should not know their language, speaking their native tongue, yet they still they're still mocking, and they're still not believing that, that this is for real. And, you know, when we look around the world today and we, we are, are trying to, if we share the gospel or we share, you know, uh, a testimony of what God has done in our own lives and someone doesn't believe, I want you to know today and to remember that you're in good company, that, that all throughout Scripture, you know, people would see miracles, literal miracles, yet their hearts would still struggle to believe. And so, you know, we see here very clearly that it's, 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 the, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God himself has to open our eyes, the eyes of the heart, if you will, to be able to recognize who he is. And, and, and it's important for us as well. You know, we, it doesn't mean we stop sharing the good news. It doesn't mean we stop um, telling people of what God has done for us. But don't be uh, discouraged uh, when, when, you know, you maybe don't get the response that you would hope for. Because it's it's nothing new, and it's it was happening even here in this amazing moment as the Holy Spirit was was entering the scene. So you know we see this moment, and you know with, with Pentecost Sunday, we so oftentimes, and myself included, we we really want to we dial in a lot of times on uh, the speaking in tongues part, which is important and it's very good. And um, you know I, I I but I believe that there's something far greater here that we need to focus on. And that's what I want to do for the rest of our time and and the, the time that we have today. And the main point I want to take away here is that someone is showing up on the scene here, right? I mean, the tongues were powerful and it was amazing, but it's a result of the Holy Spirit making an entrance. And I want us to focus on the Holy Spirit today, the comforter, the one that had been promised, right? Remember when Jesus was leaving earth, uh, again, probably one of the craziest things he probably ever said to the disciples was that it's good that I go <laughs> and put yourself in their shoes, like, no, how could that be? Why would it be good for you to leave us, right? I mean, we like you, and we would like you especially here with us. But he says it's good that I leave. And again, we you know we can read these things, and we probably know that, and that's probably not didn't shake you out of your chair or anything when I said that. But stop and pause for a minute. That means that it was good for Jesus to go, that there was something better than what they already had, right? Because at that point, Jesus was physically with them, so he had to physically be present wherever they were. But as the Holy Spirit was promised to come, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit would come in and to dwell in the people, in in the disciples, in the followers of Christ, to be with them wherever they were. And so it was a significant, significant moment and a significant promise. And so, again, looking at the Holy Spirit, remembering the importance of Him showing up is, is why we're here today. And so why was it important that the Holy Spirit came? I'm glad you asked. Um, today, that's, I'm going to share with you, you know, three reasons, and there's probably far more, but I'm going to share three of them and it just so happens that they all start with the letter e. It's just a pastor thing. I don't know why we like the same letter for each one, but it just works out. So, they all start with e, and so the three reasons that i, you know, kind of want to share with us today is the the holy spirit came first to embolden, embolden to empower and lastly to equip, to equip. And so the first one to embolden you know, and that's a word. You know, I think we're 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 pretty familiar with. I don't think I need to have to unpack it too much. Um, but as we if we look at the the scriptures in in First Thessalonians chapter two verses one through two, and uh, in the New Living Translation it, it reads this way. Again, Paul's letter to the church the church in Thessalonica. It says, "You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly." We had, had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you, and how much we suffered there. And listen to this. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly, in spite of great opposition. If we want to truly experience, again, the spirit of God and, and this, 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 this point where we're emboldened, I don't know if you've ever been in that place um, even even if it's not, maybe it's somewhere else in life or where you felt like you needed to step up or you need to step in or you say something and maybe by nature, you're kind of an easygoing, kind of a quiet person. And suddenly you feel that unction that you need to step in. And you know um, oftentimes when we're out in the world and we're dealing with things and kind of some of those pressures or some of those places that, that people want to sort of press things. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but there's been times, you know, where it was just I've I've felt personally this this emboldening emboldenment is that right is that the word does that sound good can I go with that emboldening, all right I'm getting thumbs up and nods so, um you know you feel that moment right and so, I don't know if you've had that happen but you know after the experience and you go kind of look back at it and you're like that that's not me you know I'm by nature not like that now I know some of you love those moments and you are designed and built to just engage and you love a good, um. I don't want to say argument, debate, conversation. you like to be right, maybe. Um, but, you know, it, not everybody has that nature. And, and there are times when I believe that we sense and we feel where the Holy Spirit kind of engages with us and em, em, emboldens us to, to engage the, the situation and the conversation. And so, you know, it doesn't have, when we share the good news, when we share our testimony with somebody, it's not necessarily our personality that, that, that is, we're not trying to sell something, right? It's, it's, it's far greater than that. And we see here, you know, that they're given courage from God for a reason. I talk to many, you know, believers today, and they, you know, there's just this conversation off that happens often of, you know, I, I just feel distant from God, or, you know, God just doesn't speak to me, or God just kind of, things are kind of cold. And, you know, I always want to, I try to steer them or just make them think, well, what, what are you doing right now? for the kingdom of God what are you doing to 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 share or you know are you sharing your testimony with anybody are you you serving in any capacity are you what what are you doing not even just in the church but also in your workplace in your families in your homes and you know if it's it's when we're doing what God has called us to do the great commission when we're we're being obedient to what God has called us to do that is when we we are in position to be in that place where the spirit comes in and 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 emboldens us to share or to do something and we walk in sync with what God is trying to do again that's the whole reason and you know I've I've mentioned this before you know throughout the old testament you had that that picture that image it says that the hand of the lord was on someone well it was never on someone just to make them feel good <laughs> Like, oh wow, you know, that's that's amazing, or I I feel really close to God right now. No, it was on somebody to to for a reason and a purpose because they needed to be able to do something that they were not able to do in their own capacity. And the same is true today that God wants to to use us. But it takes us stepping out and engaging, uh, again, the community and, and, and whatever is around us, the environment around us, uh, for him to, to kind of meet us in that place and to have that moment with the Holy Spirit. And so, again, it's, the Spirit is there to embolden us. Uh, number two, the Holy Spirit is there to empower us, right? To empower us. Well, you know, it's, it's great to be bold, but if you don't have the power, you know, it's, it's not really going to go very far, right? Um, You can have a really, you know, you could drive a Lamborghini or something, and if there's no gas in the tank, you're not really going anywhere. You've got the car, you've got the tires, the engine's there, everything's there, but if there's no gas in it, there's no power there, it can't go and do anything. And so, again, the Holy Spirit is there to empower us. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And here it comes that according to the riches of his glory, may he grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Listen, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height. And depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, why does the Holy Spirit empower us? It's it's just laid out there very neatly. Uh, some of the reasons why, and and the first one is again, so Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith. Did you catch that? So Christ can dwell in our hearts, can be here. This is the difference, right? This is why it was good that He was leaving. It's because now the Spirit came, and because God the Father, Son, and Spirit are, again, one, Christ now dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. And that is key. And, and we need to remember that, church, because I want to ask you, what would it look like if we were a group of believers? And I'm saying this to myself today, and, I'm, and don't be offended too much, but what would our church look like if we really believed this? What would it look like? Not just our church, what would the church look like if believers truly bought into the fact that Christ dwells in their hearts and the power of the Holy Spirit is in them? When you walk into a room, Christ walks into that room because he dwells inside of you. And I, again, I say that today because I have to remind myself of that. Because there are situations and there are moments where I'm intimidated by what I see with my physical eyes, with maybe what's around me or what's happening. And I have to come back to that place. I have to to stop and to pause and to remember that that Christ dwells within me. So whom shall I fear? Whom shall we fear exactly? The answer is no one, (laughs) nothing. And it doesn't mean that, you know, We're not aware of the situation. It doesn't mean we just kind of walk around and like, hey, it's all good. But at the end of the day, we have to come to that place and remember that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that Christ dwells in our hearts. The other reason that the Holy Spirit empowers us is so that we can have strength to comprehend. What what are we supposed to comprehend? All of those things that were listed out there, the breadth, the width, the height, and the depth. We're supposed to comprehend the way of the Lord, which is God's plan, right? And again, if you're if you're reading the scriptures, if you're studying the Bible, and if you're like me, you know, you come to places where you kind of like, I, I don't know what this is saying right now. <laughs> it's good, but I I can't I can't comprehend. And and you know, again, we're not gonna comprehend a hundred percent of of everything that we read just because you're talking about God, right? if we could comprehend everything nuts and bolts and just everything in a nice little box god really wouldn't be god you know it would be something else he'd be something else but i love it and and it, it happens all the time even even when i prepare for sermons like this and i come to places and you know i i can understand like on a surface level maybe but i'm like i'm like god i know there's more here please reveal the truth that's in this scripture not my truth but the truth that's actually here so that I can understand, so that I can teach, and I can share with your people. And I'll tell you, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time, and the the other percent is probably my fault that it doesn't come through. But, you know, it, God shows up, and and it's just like you know, you have that moment, and maybe you've had that when you're reading scripture, and maybe it's a scripture you're familiar with, a passage you've read a hundred times, and that hundred and first time you read it, you're like, I never saw that before. <laughs> Has anybody had that before? Just raise your hand really high. I just want to make sure you're all still here. Either I'm preaching really good or you guys are just enjoying the breeze here and the sunshine, but good. So you have, and, and, and if you haven't, I would encourage you, you know, when you open the scripture, that's why the scripture is, it's called the living word of God. It's active, it's moving because God speaks through his word, not just words on a page, but to our hearts. And he, he shows us the depth of his love for us, the depth of his plan for us, and the depth of, of what he is trying to accomplish through us. And so I encourage you, give God space to speak. Give God space, time, give God time to to speak to you when you are in the Word of God. I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit trail, but that's okay. But I I want you to understand because we so oftentimes, again, it's like I have my, you know, 10 minute and 37 second devotion time in the morning. And, you know, once it hits that 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 marker, I'm, I'm out. You know, we've talked about this, right? and when we pray, and when we study. But you need to leave room for God to speak to you, and he will. He'll speak through his word, and he'll unpack things so you can truly understand, and the Holy Spirit is involved in that to empower that. The Holy Spirit also empowers us so that we can know the love of Christ that surpasses all of our knowledge. I believe that you know today the, the, that term love is, is such a cheap word. It's been cheapened, I should say. To understand the love of Christ and what that looks like and what that means for us has so much depth to it that He saved us even while we were still sinners. You know, He He came to die for us. That that is love that's not comprehensible because it doesn't make sense and there's such a depth there. But the Holy Spirit can empower us to to begin to know that. And when we know how much Christ loves us, then you know we don't live under that guilt and that shame. A lot of us are still living under the shadow of our past. A lot of us, you know, we make a mistake and we think that, oh, I messed that up. You know, Jesus is mad at me. I'm in the, I'm, you know, kind of in the woodshed right now. And I always have to stop. I don't, I don't know about you, but for myself, I, I, I even find myself these days, you know, I still do that. But I always have to come back to it, and this is where I love, you know, the fact when we have kids, right? And you think about your children, and if your child makes a mistake you're going to be upset don't get me wrong <laughs> and there may need to be some discipline but you know you the biggest thing you want to do is reinforce and encourage them like you, i still love you that's never going to change you're my child right and so you know we need to remember somebody here needs to hear that today you are the child of god you are a child of god and he loves you more than you can imagine and whatever mistake you made yeah it's you messed up <laughs> We mess up all the time. But that's where, again, there's the cross and there's grace and there's mercy and God's love. And we just simply need to, to say, God, forgive me. <laughs> and you know what the beautiful thing is? He will. He will. Jesus loves you. And the last point of, of being empowered is, is so that we can be filled with the fullness of God. And, again, kind of going back to that, Lamborghini kind of analogy earlier, but you know, especially today, I think gas is sort of a sensitive subject right now uh, for most of us. Actually, we could probably start carpooling. We might need to start organizing that because gas is getting ridiculous. Um, but you know, this this idea of being filled with the fullness of God, right? Being filled with the fullness of God, and there are just a lot of Christians today kind of limping around on E. And we wonder why. We wonder why that things are hard, or why we can't do this or that, or, or you know, why we feel distant or different things. It's because we're not filling ourselves up with the Spirit of God. There's there's something to this. You know, you are a Christian still, but there's there's a difference. There's a, there's a, this fullness that you can receive, and it, it, it's described as a fullness to overflowing, right? And so you think of, you know, if you have that glass of water, maybe your kids do this too, right? And they want to fill the cup up and you just don't put some water in and they come and they're like, you know, it's like they're on like carrying like nitroglycerin or something and they're walking and the water's just at the top and they're trying, they hand it to you. And you got to get it from here to here and you can't, right? Because what happens as soon as you tip it a little, it spills all over the place. Isn't that just a great image of how we're supposed to be as Christians? You're supposed to be spilling all over the place, right? You're supposed to be so full of God that, that you just you can't help but talk about Jesus. You can't help but show the the joy of the Lord and, and, and the love of Christ to people. But again, if we don't if we don't get to these places that we're you know making sure we we are being filled, then we just don't have anything to work with. We have dry cups. And so again, we want to be filled. And lastly, the Holy Spirit emboldens, empowers, and the Holy Spirit equips. Okay, equips. And in Romans twelve, uh, and and in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, in both of those uh, books of the Bible, in the, the chapter twelve, it goes through a list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to deep dive on all of these for the sake of time today. But uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that equips. He equips us. He equips the body of Christ. And you know that includes speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. Um, Even serving, it talks about, and teaching, right? Or how about this one, encouraging. There's a gift of encouragement. And, you know, there are people in this congregation, I don't know about you, and if you haven't found them yet, we can help point you, like, just go talk to this person at some point today. And you go talk to that person, and you always walk away just like, like you got a breath of fresh air, right? They're like, my goodness, I just, I just need to talk to this person. Why, they have this gift of encouragement. It's what they're designed to do. It's what they've been gifted by God, by the Holy Spirit to do. Another one is giving, you know. There's giving. And again, most of us here, I'm sure, like to give or it's okay to give. But then you've got those people that just like can't help but give, right? They just They just give and give. And you look at them. You know, we've had friends like this in our life. And you're just like, how do you do that? with a smile all the time. And you're just constantly giving, not just, I'm not just talking about finance. That's, that's kind of the cheapest version of giving in my, my opinion, but of their time and and of their, their thoughtfulness and how they think things through. I'm just like, I wish I could be like that. But I know that, you know, again, it's not that we don't give, but the Holy spirit hasn't given me that gift per se. And so I've got to work at it, you know, and I look and I learn from them, but you just see those people that it's just wired in them there's people that are, uh, again, uh, they've been equipped for leadership, They've been equipped for mercy, for a word of wisdom, right? Word of wisdom. There are people, there's some people that are just wise, even if it doesn't matter what their age is, they just have this wisdom that God has given to them. Word of knowledge, faith. You know, again, we all possess a measure of faith, but there are some people that just they have this gift of faith that they just always know that God is going to come through and they, they, they build up the body of Christ healing miraculous powers distinguishing or discerning of spirits and helps this this is a a few things and the interesting thing here and this is just as we wrap here and prepare to close i want you to grasp this and get this snapshot today at the fact that none of nobody here in this congregation nobody here in this grass or whatever in front of me online right now nobody here possesses every single one of these no one do you know why It's because God created the church, which is called the body of Christ, that we need each other. And, you know, I I drill down on this from time to time, and I feel like I have that itch today just a little bit. This is why it's so important for your, your being present here with us. It's not just about what you receive, but it's about what you bring and what you give. It's, it's, it's what you offer the body of Christ Because you have giftings that I don't have I have giftings that some of you don't have and, and it goes down the line And so the beauty is when we all come together You know, the thumbs, the elbows, the knees The little pinky toe You know, I always say it's the one that you know Tells you where your furniture's at And my wife, bless her heart She found our, our bed frame this morning um, Yeah, and yeah we, You know, I said Thank you for that sermon illustration, babe it was it was great. She she brought that to my attention. But um, you're all part. We're all part of the body of Christ, church, and we can't do what we've been called to do alone. We're intended to do what we've been called to do in in family, in community, as in ministry together. And so, you know, as we've we've paused here today and we've looked at these different things, you know, it's. I would, I'd finish with this, is, is what do we do then with, with all of what we talked about that the Holy Spirit gives us? And I had to come up with another E. And so my E is engage, even though I know the youth are using that as well. But, you know, if anybody ever had a manual transmission, do those exist anymore even? You know, I think still, still yeah. And, you know, there's something about uh, a stick shift, and it takes a little more. You know, you don't just put the thing on a D and go, it's it's something a little more to it and i i do remember i'm just have to share a brief story about my my twin or leanna's twin sister as i taught her to drive i was teaching her to drive and i had a stick shift um car a little honda and we were next to the church building and uh, at the church we attended and um she was you know she was really confident she was very she's like i got this and so she's sitting there and and so I'm like, you know, explain everything to her, put it in first, hold the clutch in, kind of let it out a little bit, just give it a little gas. And there was a car in front of us. So they were parked like lined up along the church building here. And so I said, turn the wheel and just make sure you don't hit the car in front of you. And it was not I was not thinking things through, right? This was not an open parking lot. What could possibly go wrong, right? And so she tried it and she stalled it. She stalled it, right? And so I said said the famous my famous last words. Okay, go and start the car again. And this time, as you let the clutch out, give it a little more gas. That translated very different for her. And so she pretty much, she put the pedal, I think almost all the way to the floor. And if you're familiar with the term, drop the clutch. Yeah, so she let the clutch out all the way like that. And so in a moment, we turn like this, we're going up and we were hopping over the curb. And the church building, it was, it was pretty actually amazing. I, I, I couldn't have done it any better, she couldn't have. But there were actually metal like exit doors, these big steel doors. And she hit those things like on the money, blew those things wide open. And we, we actually created the first drive-in church uh, in the region. Uh, this, the stuff we did here, that, that's why we knew to do it. I'm like, I've been here before, I know how this works. And so we ended up at the altar of the church because it was towards the front. Um, We didn't, I I think I was praying at that time as well, but we were at the altar and it was very interesting uh, experience. And it was funny because we had just finished our marriage counseling for that day. And I didn't know that this was gonna be part of that, but um, we all all lived to tell the story. Uh, My car actually drove it home, uh, believe it or not. And about this much of my car was sticking out of the church building. The rest was parked inside. And so it was, it was a very memorable moment, as you can tell. But my point is, Pastor Dell, where are you going with all this? It's, it's simply this. It's, you know, doing what we talked about today with the Holy Spirit is really like that clutch on the car. And I believe God is telling us today, it's time to drop the clutch. Right? It's time to drop the clutch. That If that clutch is in, it does no good. You can rev that engine. You can do whatever you want to do. Turn the steering wheel, and you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. There's something about engaging that clutch right, that moves things forward. And for us today, and it takes us an act of faith, and it takes you stepping out. It takes me stepping out that as we do that, the Holy Spirit engages what we do. And power is is infused into that. And we have, again, these moments and we have these, these, uh, these times where we see, again, the power of God move, where we see the spirit of God touch someone's life. And so God is inviting you and he's inviting me to step into that, to step into your spiritual gift and, again, to be faithful, to be found faithful with those. Amen? Hope that made sense to you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, again, for this time together. I thank you for every single person within the sound of my voice. God, I ask you, Lord, God, that you would continue, Father, to pour out your spirit, Lord. But we know, we know that you you don't do that, Lord, just for our own sake and our own benefit. But, but God, you do it because you want us to step into and to step out in faith into what it's you what it is you've called us to. And so, God, whatever that is for each person here in this place. God, perhaps it's something new that you're calling them to do. Maybe it's something, Lord, that requires us stepping away from something else. God, whatever it is, maybe maybe we've missed it. Maybe we've missed something, and you're calling us to come back to that place and to engage that, Lord God. God, I pray, whatever that is, that we would first know how much you love us. God, that, that you extend, Lord, your mercy, and you're so patient. You're a patient God. But, God, I just pray for each person that as, as we pause and we think about that and we pray about that, Lord God, whatever that is, as, as we, we, we step out, Lord, again, in faith, that, that your power, your spirit is there to meet us in that place and to accomplish something wonderful and truly great. God, again, we bask in that scripture that it's in our weakness that you are made strong. And, God, that's what we're talking about today, that when people see that there's no way that person could do what they're doing, By their own natural ability god again it brings glory to your name and it it turns um eyes and hearts and everything towards you and it gives us lord that platform to share our testimony to share our story and how good you are so god i thank you i thank you that you have created each person here and that you've called them that you've equipped them that you've empowered them and god i thank you that again you would bring boldness lord into our lives to step into what you're calling us to do So, God, we thank you that uh, these would not just be words today of inspiration, but, God, these words would turn into action in our lives and hearts today. God, I ask you to bless each one here, all those watching online. And, God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do uh, through us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen.